0: Hey, good to see everyone. I want to thank Rabbi. Uh, last week, Rabbi Willa gave the year. I think before that, Rabbi Israeli. We don't want to take away the yochel just because I was uh, tied up with other things. So uh, thank you very much. And uh, again, to uh, Lazy Bean Cafe for uh, sponsoring the Torah and the food. And uh, a up to the Susemskis on a granddaughter. What's her name? Meirav, I understand. Meirav Batya. Meirav Batya. Beautiful. Batya, this week's show. Okay. Um, actually, some of what I'm going to say today, I had a chance to listen to Rabbi Willig's Shear's it was a good she'er, so uh, some of it's going to tie in, but there's a big issue that's raised by the tzlach. Let me just give a little background. The tzlach was very, he was a good son, because his most famous sefer, his name was Yichesco Landau, he's one of the big, big uh, postim, I'd say Ada Yomazel, we rely on many of his sock that's found in the Node de Yehuda. He was in uh, Rov in Prague in the 18th century. So he has a sefer that's called the Anoda uh, Yehuda. His name is Yechesco Ben Yehuda. So I never read the introduction to that sefer, but I guess it's a tribute to his father. He also has a lesser-known sefer, which is a sefer on the Gemara that's called the Tzlach. Anybody want to guess what the Tzlach stands for? Now, it works out nicely when, in Masechus Brachas, because Slach is Tzfila. But it's, uh, I believe, I'll tell you, the, the first word I know for short, Tzion, it's like a dedication. You have a matseva. L'zichron for the memory of Chaya, his mother Chaya. Now, the only problem I may be making is maybe his mother was Chava, but he knew what his mother's name was. So I think it was, uh, I don't know, now I think it's Chaya or Chava, but either way, you see, it's a beautiful thing. He also, we have, uh, which is very rare, we have his drushos. You see, he was a Rav and a shul in Prague. So you actually get to go into Prague in the late 1700s, and you see what the Rabbanim was speaking about. He was talking about a lot of the same things, breakaway mignonim, you know, we you could take a safe Torah, and uh, even more serious issues. So very fascinating, tzlach, great personality, a number of biographies have been written about him. So he's bothered by an issue, I, I raised this, but I want to be able to finally uh, jump into it. You know, up until the Anshayi Knessadagdola, the, the beginning of the second base on period, so there was davening even in the first base on but it wasn't necessarily uh, as organized as it, they felt the need to be. People were spread all over. You didn't have, uh, before the printing press, you didn't have standardized sederim. So the Atchik and Ganesak put together what we know, at least when it comes to the daily, we'll put Shabbos aside for now as the Shemona And then at a certain point, there was a 19th fila that was added. So that's beautiful. Now everybody knows what to say. People think they could just come up with their own tefillos. So it wasn't so successful. And if you if you try to come into Shaw and you put away the sitter, it wouldn't be so easy to come up with formulations and to be organized and to have a certain structure. But at the same time, we don't want our standard tefillah to. This is what the gemara is dealing with: to become so standardized that it no longer means as much to us. So that's what the gemara is discussing that they didn't, want the Gemara, the, they didn't want the tfilos to become keva. So how do you deal with that situation? Now, one possibility, I'm throwing out different discussions in Rishonim and Achronim, but I'll show you a brilliant, but I'd say also troubling, insight from the tzlach. So what we could tell you to do is every single tefillah, let's say you get up to Magen Avraham, and it's not even about kasha, but even a praise could become uh, keva. So it comes to Magen Avraham, everybody should add their own thoughts about Avraham Avinu, okay? And then it comes to Yitzchak, you could add your own thoughts. Then when it comes to Bakashas for sure, everybody has their own, I don't want to say saris, but their own Pekula that they're dealing with, their own uh, people that are sick, looking for Parnassah, people who have Zionist dreams. Now, if everybody did that by each fila, you know what you'd end up with. It's beautiful. But uh, when do you start Chazar shots? I'm just giving you a break, what's that? Yeah, when do you start the shots? And if you tell the Chazin, you just do the standard, well, everybody's gonna miss Kedusha. So yeah, you're gonna end up gaining and losing. So you will see in certain tefillah, in certain uh, Sidurim, and it's, I'm not saying it's, it's controversial, but you have to know its limitations or qualifications. So it's become standard that in two sections, in, the Shmar- in, uh, in many Sidurim, they do add room for your own tfilas. Uh Rifa'inu, where you could daven for a chola, or cholim. Again, there's absolutely nothing wrong. And then Shema'koleinu. Shema'koleinu is really a catch-all bracha, but I think in a lot of Sidurim, they throw in parnasa. At that point, the tefillah for parnasa. It could be other places. The same Talmud for parnasa. So this is what the slach says. He says the, the rabbis, especially the Amarayim in the Talmud, they were worried about this, and they were really worried, not so much about the taking too long. They were worrying that the Shemona Esrei, which of course came to accomplish something, it was becoming so fixed. So therefore, what the rabbis were gonna do, decided to do, I'm gonna read this to you, but I want you to set up the framework. If you look at the bottom of the page, Dafte Zion base and Dafte Zion base, it's pretty convenient, on the same Gemara, there were different Amarayim that would write their own Tfilos. The first one that you see, Rav Basart Sluse, after his tefillah, Amar Hachi, he would say so. And again, the way that Slach is going to explain this was not just that he had these needs, but he was trying to show that I'm not just here because the rabbis told me I have to say the Shemona Esrei. I want to add what's going on deep inside of me. And these aren't going to be issues necessarily that are only personal, they can be communal. So if you look at the first one, anyone tell me if you're familiar with this one. Shatitan Lanach Haim Aruchim. Give us a long life. Chayim Shal Shalom, Chayim of Peace, Chayim Shal Tova, Chayim Shal Bracha, Chayim Shal Chayim Shal Chilot Sound familiar at all? What's that? What's for Chodesh. Now he said this every single day. The rabbis, when they put together Mavarachim they said, Wow, this is a very beautiful Tzvilah. For some reason, we're not saying it every day. Maybe this is a more of a general Tzvilah. You know, this is a, a this is like a very big idea, tzvila So we're going to save it for Rosh Kodesh. But for Rav, who's very big, Rav, you know, he was he uh, kind of wore a tana and Amora hat, even though he's officially an Amora. He said this um, every single day. It seems like all three times a day, he would add this as his personal tzvila Now, if you look at the second source, which is from Rabbi Yosef Dov Soloveitchik, that's the Rav in his commentary on Masechus Brachas, which was put together by Rabbi Reichman, he says, you know, what's going on? You have these different rabbis that are writing different prayers. He's not focusing so much on my issue, which we're going to come back to, to the tzlach of why they did it, you know, why they did it uh, in order to avoid Tfilah becoming permanent. He's more interested. It's very interesting. Fascinating. He's more interested in why certain rabbis spoke about certain things. Like why would Rav say the following? If you look at the, we'll come back to the Rav in a second. If you look down on the bottom of the page, this is this is the one we're very familiar with, Rebbe. Now this goes back to Atana. Rebbe, so it's not just an Amora issue, but uh, an author of the Mishnah. After his davening, he would say, Does this sound familiar? Now, we don't say this at the end of our Shemona Eshre, as I pointed out last time. We say this right after brachos. So even at that point, he, he uh, put this in. So the Rav says, Now back to the second source. Just to try to figure out why each rabbi came up with different ones. And again, we're seeing that one of them, at some point the rabbis decided we're going to save for Ashkodesh. Rabbis that he said after tefillah, We're going to put it in every day in the early part of davening and this i pointed out last time because even in shul you know you can get into fights and he must have seen a lot of people must have seen fights so this is the way to behave the rest of davening what i'm going to suggest which we'll get to next week is the tefillah that was chosen for us to say was maybe the most relevant tefillah for the rest of the day right that it's not just to keep it's not just to take care of that a tefillah shouldn't be kavah that's one purpose but that it should help us behave. That when we leave Shul, we're supposed to uh, remember at least something that we said, and especially the part of davening that is not fixed, maybe the most important. But uh, Rabbi Salavethek says here, Forget about the other way, because there's two ways. That maybe these were particular issues of concern to the Amarayim. So they were talking about what was on their mind, whether on an individual issue, uh, as individuals or as communal leaders, which should make you feel good that even a lot of the great rabbis had a lot to think about in life. You know, or we all have a lot of issues on our heads. And these were the particularly issues to them. mosifin kashiros shabal It's a very important line, that they were tied into the, the character and the attributes that are specific to them. So, if some guy was, uh, one Amora had more of an anger issue, he was going to try to, fo- and he knew the day before he screamed at everybody at work, so he's going to talk the next day about anger. Maybe the next guy was too passive, he's going to talk about that. So, if you go up to the Slach, who kind of puts it all together, and we'll conclude with this, the Slach says the following I want to read it to you. Okay, he's just quoting from one of the Amorayim who added his own Tfila. Now we're at the top source. all these and Amarayan who wrote their own tfilos. And maybe I should show you next time all the different tfilos. We'll copy them for you. You can look into the Gemara. Shahayu lios bakashos Despite davening the Shmonasray, they would add these bakashos and tchinos. More or less the same word, request after tfila, which is an insult to the tfila. What's wrong with the tfila? It's supposed to be a catch-all. So what they're concerned about is what the Gemara says later on, because here we're on the 16th page in Brachos. Later on on 28b, So this is what they were trying to accomplish. Even though you could obviously find your own meaning in the 18th Brachos, but they didn't want to show that it was fixed. This is an amazing line. Since they were all established by the Anshag Ganesh Agdola, hare So to say them, you don't really have an option anymore to say them. So even though you're saying it with kavana, you hear this point? But you're saying it doesn't mean that you're saying it because you necessarily feel these things. You may not actually feel each one of those things, but you have to say it. It's like you're paying your debt. And we wanted to make sure that there was at least one part of the Shemona Esrei that is coming purely from you. It just looks like you're paying your debt. So therefore, each person added their own. Now you end up with an obvious question. Well, how about us? Because right now, by saying, I'm just copying what, uh, what he said. You know, what the Amorah who said that is. So if you look at the very end, this may be frustrating to you, but I'll fix it up next week. Reveil was bothered by this question, and the next source, two, two sources later, at the very end, he says, listen, the bottom line is we're still limited. This is the third source on the page. You know, not all of us are uh, Shakespeare, and not all of us are the So as long as we're saying something that wasn't originally mandated, then we've satisfied saying a Because we're saying what one of the said. But as we'll see the points out, that's what I'm going to start with next week, This is not meant to limit us. And people should actually, at the very end of davening, without spending too much time, because if you spend too much time, you're going to miss uh, Mike's beautiful repetition. So you have to make sure to be back for that. This is what Rabbi Yashem said, We lean on, or lean in, it's a big expression today, right? Because even though he established it, it's not an obligation. So therefore, when you're saying it, you try to think about, you know, how does, uh, the rabbis didn't make me say this. This is my own personal thing. I know it's, it's a little bit uh, confusing, but it's the best we could do with it. And you'll see how the chay Adem next week, I think, tries to bring it home to us. Next week's no yeshiva week, but we'll still be here. And you still should lean on to this, rely on this, to think about as much as your own personal request as possible very important